and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast, sponsored by AGF Plast, and with myself, Steve Nussbaum. As always, I'm joined by my good friend, my South Stand chum, the bearded legend, the daddy-o, it's the one and only, it's Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you very much, wouldn't be here without you. Hello everybody, and welcome back, this is episode number 273. As always, a huge thank you to everyone who tuned into last week's show, and also everybody who's uh, given us some really, really positive feedback about the shows that uh, that we have been putting out over the last uh, couple of weeks. We obviously don't want to be ranty, moany, whingy or negative. Unfortunately, we're kind of dictated by what we by what we see on the pitch. Um, we're just being honest. Um, we try to be impartial and, and, and pragmatic about our views. Uh, sometimes, you know, we're emotive. Um, and things just get said. So um, there we go. We've got two games this week to discuss very briefly because they, they weren't particularly eventful. Loads of talking points. But just before we crack on with the show, uh, just on the kind of mental health side of things, I've, I've, quite a few people I've spoken to yeah. in the last week have mentioned sort of you know, the mental health side of things and just really wanted to start the show with uh, just a quick reminder, really. You know, the last couple of shows have been particularly negative, albeit, as I say, we try to be constructive with what we're putting out there and, and, and balanced, I think, which is which is really fundamental uh, as well. And the outpouring on social media following transfer deadline day, post matches, it's not been it's not made for a positive um, positive read, to be perfectly frank. So if you're a bit fed up or if you're affected if it's affecting your happiness then, you know, we suggest you you know, for your own benefit, take a break from social media, from following Orient News or from things that are generally not making you happy. There are more important things to focus on, things that can make you happy. So control the controllables in your life. Focus on what brings you happiness. Orient will always be doing what Orient do. But just take a moment to look after yourselves and think about what's right for you. Very nicely said, Mr Levy. Thank you very much. No, it's important. Now, a few people uh, have mentioned it, and at times I think to myself, this is too toxic and negative for my for my own good, so I'm just going to stop looking at it. So I, you know, at times I, I pause from... From social media myself, sometimes I go on it and I spend too much time on it, like <laughs> today and last night, uh, about hashtag jacket, jacket or coat gate, whatever way you want to look at it. But, you know, it is important to say that, you know, people, like, if it's too much, then then just turn turn away from it. Yeah, it's, it's just 11 men on a football field kicking exactly. a piece of leather around, but we do love it. But, yeah, very wise words there from the bearded... Day. So I guess as always, let's kick off with a sponsorship reminder. So with the Orient Outlook podcast, proudly sponsored by HF Plastering, who are an Essex-based plastering and rendering company specialising in all aspects of domestic and commercial work. Silicone Colour Render Systems is their business, and the best part is that they offer 15% off for all Leighton Orient fans and staff. So if you're sitting there and you hear this every week and you need anything done, Adam and the boys can do for you, please go and check out their website, ajfplastering.co.uk, or give the boys an email at ajfplasteringoutlook.com, or they're on social media. Although, so don't go on social media if it's getting you down. If you need a plastering <laughs> renderer, go on social media. Find Adam on the boys. Yeah, AJF Plastering <coughs> can be found on Facebook and Instagram under AJF Plastering, or Adam himself is on Twitter at Big Ads with a Z LOFC. So, for all your plastering and rendering needs, get Adam. And the boys to sort you out, they will, will do you right and I'll give you a lovely 15% off into the bargain as well. Absolutely. So, a couple of things to mention from the Supporters Club about travel. On Tuesday the 8th of February, we're off to Exeter. That's a 12 noon departure from the Supporters Club. Ish. 
Uh, yeah, 7.45 kickoff. Adult fare on that is £37. Concessions are £34. And on Saturday, the 19th of February, we go away to Harrogate. Coaches are leaving at uh, 8am for that one. Uh, For a three o'clock kickoff, adult fare is £39. Concessions are £36. And obviously a reminder that those prices do not include your match day tickets. You've got to buy them in advance, obviously. Now, to book on any of those trips, visit the Supporters Club on a match day or call the travel line on 07507 539 Five seven nine, and they will take your book in. So one piece of AOB this week is we were saddened to hear about the passing of former O's player Steve Finney. He was on loan for us, played a few games back in the back in the nineties. So our thoughts go to all of Steve's friends and his family. So rest in peace, Steve. Yeah, it's only forty-eight. Tragic, yeah, tragic. That. So let's move on then to the week that was, and happy Monday. The 31st of January, a.k.a. transfer deadline day. We had our yellow ties on, ready, willing and (laughs) anticipating a flurry of signings. First up to be announced was George Ray, who joined us on loan from Exeter City for the remainder of this season. George tweeted that he was delighted to join Orient on loan to the end of the season. Loved the first half of the season in Exeter, but things can change quickly in football. All the best to the Grecians for the rest of the season. So I think it's fair to say at the beginning, initially, people were like, why have we signed a centre-back? Don't we have quite a few centre-backs? Plus two adequate subs, as well as three who play every week. So that was cancelled out as the club kind of snuck it in there, really. They didn't really do much on it. They just kind of put up an interview with Kenny where we went, oh, by the way, um, Alex Mitchell needs a bit of an operation, so we need a bit of cover there. And you're like, oh, okay, so he does. So he's essentially been brought in with the uh, fact that Alex Mitchell is out for a while. My thoughts, yeah, not bad, decent experience, decent age, but is he really needed? Like I've said, play three centre-backs anyway, what we've been playing, Beckles, Mitchell and Ogie, who've done all right for us, mm. Happy and Adam Thompson, two decent centre-backs, can't, can't get in the 11, often named in the bench. Thompson's always been ready since his injury and just literally can't get on the even in the squad at the moment. So for me, yeah, not bad, but if you are Adam Thompson, what are you thinking? You're thinking, what am I doing here? Like, mm. if, if some chump's going to come in, take my place, some low needs for the end of the season, what does this leave me? Um, Should he have gone out on loan then? Well, possibly. It also, it also gives another reason to, to think that Kenny isn't going to move away from playing three centre-backs because he's gone out and got another one. So now he's got a choice of six in effect when Alex Mitch was available. So I can't see him changing that formation. Yeah. <laughs> you know, going away from that formation any time. And what were your thoughts on that one? Looks like a good calibre of signing, you know, a, yeah. a, a League Two kind of ready to, to go kind of player. Um, he was in the side that we beat 3 0 back in yeah. August, um, so he knows what we're all about. He scored two goals this season, which is a bit of a bonus because we're not really getting many goals from the back. Um, not sure if it's it, if it was that necessary, you know, I don't know. I don't know if Alex Mitchell is going to be out long enough to really warrant us, considering, like you said, we've got Adam Thompson there that. You know, are they going to cancel Alex's contract? Cancel his loan and send him back to Millwall? I hope not, because I think Alex has been one of few positives this season. I think he's been solid, a mainstay. Um, from what I understand, I don't think Alex. I think I think Alex wants to stay here. I think he's enjoying his time here, albeit not necessarily how he wants it to yeah, be. Yeah. But by and large, he likes the club and likes what we're about. So, you know, it's one of those really where. 
I, I don't necessarily think that that was a necessity signing. So why are we signing? Yes, he's a good player, arguably he's played, but I don't. I, I can't help but think that the money's been diverted to that, and we've panic, panicked and gone. Oh, Alex is going to need an operation for whatever he needs an operation for, but we don't know how long he's going to be out for. So if that was a twenty-eight-year-old centre mid coming in from Exeter who'd been at travelling season before, we'd all be sitting there going, played yeah, exactly done. what we needed. That's exactly right. In fact, as a centre-back, you're like, you've got Happy and Thompson and you've got, you're starting free every week. Yeah. So And Beckles, who's, like you said, who's already playing. We've got Happy and we've got Shad, who can all play in a centre-back kind of role. We've kind of got six players for three, four, three, two yeah. or three positions. Anyway, so, yeah, you can imagine the meltdown <laughs> that came off the back of that. But two tweets that we're going to mention. LOFC underscore Ed said, no offence to George Ray at all, but where does that leave Adam Thompson? Yeah. Picking up on your point. Surely we need more in other areas. Yeah, thanks for the tweet, Ed. We hope your brother is well after and some your COVID well. and your yeah. mum. Yeah, good to see you yesterday. Paul Ravens, 39. He's a good player. I like him. Still desperately need a central midfielder and a striker, though. My guess is that this will be the only... Signing, no, but Paul, how how wrong. wrong you were. Yeah, because our second signing of the day, which was a bit of a surprise to all of us, uh, the club announced that Frank Nublé had signed on loan for the rest of the season from Essex rivals, A12 derby rivals, Colchester United. And for me, I've got to say, I was absolutely shocked. <laughs> I was absolutely shocked. A player from a club who are third bottom of our league a player who's had more clubs than most of us have had hot dinners. You know, he's, he, I can't, can't remember how old he is exactly, but he's had se- oh, oh, 17, 18 clubs in that time, in his time. So he's never settled anywhere. Now, is that because he's made bad decisions on where he should go? Is that because he's not great in the dressing room? Uh, is that because he's been brought in and then the manager's been sacked and then the next one doesn't fancy him and doesn't play to the style that he wants? So there's problems at the clubs he's been at, but 17 clubs yeah. are, suggest that, that <laughs> it's not necessarily the clubs. It, it might him. be. Now, I'm casting a, 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 a shadow over a guy who we've not even seen. We keep coming back to the fact that we said Drynan and Smith weren't on paper great signings, and we said we have to give him time in a Kenny Jacket system in an yeah. Orient shirt. We can't veer away from that because that's a contradiction in terms. So the rest of what I've written is what's going on with our famous so-called transfer committee? What conversations are happening in the meetings at Leighton Orient Football Club? I kind of lost a bit of faith with those involved over this one. But, to caveat that, let's see him in an Orient shirt before we're too judgmental. I think you weren't the only one who felt like that. When the name, when his name was first mentioned, I kind of laughed to myself because I was like, they wouldn't. Would they like you wouldn't sign? Yeah, we got a tip off. You wouldn't so. sign a forward who hasn't scored this season in a team lower than you in the league if you were really serious about promotion. But from hearing the name within five minutes, the, the announcement went up. I mean, I don't get it. I've got to be honest. I I don't understand that signing in any terms of the word. I think people have said he's not actually a centre forward. He likes to play on the left side of the mm. forward line. Mm. But his form, his form for the last couple of seasons, does nothing to suggest to me that he's going to be any kind of player who's going to come in and get us five to ten goals. Like you said, I'd, I'd love to be incorrect. I'd love for him to prove me wrong and I'm sitting here this time next week going, I can't believe Nublay scored two goals on his debut and then followed it up with a cracker against Salford. And, and we're sitting here with eggs on our faces. But I was, I was 
this this one depressed me. Like I, you've spoken about mental health at the beginning, and I've always been quite lucky in terms of after a match, I don't care. Like I can switch off, and that's it. I'm done. I don't need to talk to anyone else. So I don't have many Orient Facebook groups or WhatsApp groups. I tend to switch off from it. I've got the outlook, and that's it for me. I don't dwell on it. But when I saw he signed, I was livid. Like that put me in a bad mood because I thought you've really like you've made promises to me and we'll obviously talk about Nigel a bit later promises have been made or suggested aggressiveness promotion and I just thought that signing screams none of what you've said to me and I and I felt cheated by the board for the first time under their leadership I had felt cheated when I saw that signing because under previous January transfer signings you've got bloody hell they've got Vigoroo in fantastic signing Danny Johnson great signing Dan Kemp from West Ham amazing signing you look back on those, and brilliant signings, well done. They've spoken about League One ready players and gone, yeah, absolutely. Viggs is League One ready. Danny Johnson, when he first came, was brilliant. Dan Kemp, you've got from a Premier Club, he was at a League One club <clears throat> a week ago playing for Blackpool, and you've got him down from West Ham, amazing signing. Today, you've got me, Frank Nubre, who is in our league from the team below, who hasn't scored one goal this season, and you've got a centre back from Exeter, who has been alright, but not done anything. Add to that, you've got a right back from Yeovil, who's at Millwall but has played National League. You've got another kid from non-league. These aren't League One ready players. So I was really, as a whole, very disappointed in Nubley signing. So hopefully, like I said, he proved us wrong and we're sitting here in three or four weeks going, what a signing. He's invigorated himself, his own career, and he's invigorated Dryden and Smith with his service that he's got to him. I'm hoping that's going to be the case, but I felt really down by that and I just felt they've just written the season off with this because... This doesn't scream promotion to me. It screams acceptance of a mid-table finish. And that's not what Kenny Jacket was bought in for. And that's not what the promise was. And although you can never guarantee if it's going to happen in football, you can make ambitious signings and go, wow, look at what they've done. And I'm not going to sit here all night and compare us to teams like Mansfield, who have had an amazing transfer window, and teams like Salford, who have got, you know, bad money. money plays in. But at the same time, there's a certain kind of expectance that with this board and with this investment would come a better quality of signing and with those two on deadline day I think underwhelms putting it fairly lightly I think the only the only team that you could compare us to in terms of the situations that we found ourselves in at the start of the set or in the summer was Swindon because Swindon were the only team that didn't really have much of a squad like yeah. us so if you're looking on a, on a on a comparison type situation it's really Swindon and, and look how well Swindon are doing well I think a, a key a key point that I, I was just looking forward to see if it was mentioned in one of the tweets and I think it is is it John Kindy who went from Ginningham to Colchester and we were like well Kindy isn't good enough for Orient or that was kind of a suggestion but then we're getting his kind of the play has been knocked down because Kindy is effectively at Colchester we've kind of got like we've got Colchester's second like their cast-offs and they're below us in the league so what is that telling you it just screamed of like a panic buy I mean that was a Paul Smith replacement wasn't it that's that's the ideal situation yeah. that he'll play on the left Drynan on the right and Smith up top in terms of that three to stick with Kenny's rigidity and the fact mm. that he won't go back from a th- I don't know however you want to look at it a 5-2-3 or a 3-5 3-4-3 whatever way you want to Kind of look at that. I don't, you know, I think he's just sticking to that and he's got Nublay in to be that supplier for the left. I think we spoke about it last week in terms of the transfer committee and the six plays for every position that's been mentioned more than once in the past. On their board. And saying if Jordan Brown and Ethan Coleman were 
where you're top two and you've got the in and who are the other four? If Frank Newbay was a name for a position, was an honest to God's name, and he was on that list, where did he rank one to six? What, like, mm. what is this transfer committee doing? Because mm. no disrespect to Frank, and you know I'm sure he's a lovely guy, and again, hope he proves me wrong. There's there's got to be better options out there than Frank Newbay for Leighton Orient. But let's see what he does. Let's see what he does. Those were our views. Very good, Mister. Those were our Very views. Good. We yeah. had a ton of engagement on this one an absolute time we didn't even ask for engagement on this one because we knew what was going to come in yeah. but we got it anyway so Our we'll mention it <laughs> absolute hammering we'll mention a few and a few select clean ones as well 11 Connor LOFC said we are so finished honestly I'd rather Omotoyi back <laughs> Billy Carroll GB said another poor piece of business Casey Adams LOFC was fairly happy with this one he said he can play wide something we've missed uh, in the last recent weeks whether you like it or not Harry Smith isn't going to get dropped and this new blade will get balls into the box so give him a chance David Sears 3 said another striker for us to lump the ball up to aimlessly I think underwhelmed is an understatement Alan Reeves 2 says on loan from a club one place above relegation no goals this season not exactly inspiring. Better later never said I can believe the I can believe the negativity about getting Nublay in. Both he and Ray will bring ex- sorry, I think that's probably meant to say I can't believe the negativity about getting Nublay in. Both he and Ray will bring experience to the party. I'm feeling ever so slightly pleased, although as John Lydon once said, hashtag I could be wrong. Gorillas nineteen eighty five. So since Nigel has taken control every transfer window, I felt positive about the squad and it has improved. This window has screamed desperation, and I'm not sure why not one player has come from a higher level of experience. Something the board states every window will be... I mean, for me, that's probably how I was feeling yeah. when I saw that. Yeah, I agree. Nada underscore 1987 said, no goals in 19 games this season. Why does a team third bottom of the league want to loan him out if he's any good? We were told the ball were ambitious, and here we are signing another team's flops and cast-offs. Doubt Nublay, uh, does Nublay on loan sound like ambition to you? embarrassing window well so if that wasn't bad enough and we thought our business was done half past seven around half seven eight o'clock ish the club announced there was one more transfer left it was an outgoing one this time as Dan Kemp joined League One MK Dons for an undisclosed fee so for me Dan didn't have the greatest season I think it's fair to say doesn't really a 10 doesn't really fit into Kenny Jackett's system where Dan Kemp essentially is a good number 10 or was at the back in the last season but yeah. there's no number 10 in the system uh, because Ross had a system obviously that suited him that had a 10 in it yeah, yeah. I mean I was surprised with the news that Paul Smith was out I guess we'll talk about Paul Smith a bit later on and again that was another one that they kind of snuck in there oh by the way Paul Smith's got a collapsed lung what? So, what? So, do you know what I mean? Like it was kind of snuck in there and that was it they kind of mentioned it and then spoke about it after with the news that Paul Smith who's kind of been bought as the creative element of the team was out I, I thought they may have kept Dan if I'm honest, yes. Hadn't had the greatest of seasons. Yes, his form hasn't been great. However, it's a different kind of player to one that we have and that we don't have with him being gone. Um, and also, I'm sure he's under two and a half year deal. So it wasn't like they took a fee for him because he could walk away for free in the summer. I think he still had 18 months on his contract. So I'm guessing the money on offer must have been pretty decent or must have met a decent valuation of what, what they wanted to get. Mm. So I was surprised to see that one. And Sod's Law, he goes to a league higher and actually performs at a decent level. And we're sitting in next year going, 
can't believe he's got 10, 10 goals in, in League One or, or he's, he's trying to get in the championship yeah help them push up yeah, yeah you're right I mean he's been disappointing you're, I, I absolutely agree with you but I do believe there's a good player in there he just as you said didn't suit the system we're playing annoyingly like you've just said as well you know he's gone to a League One club so he's a League One ready player um, and, and, and you think that you think that the manager would find a way to 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 accommodate the pl- to accommodate the players based on the skill sets yeah. that they've got, rather than making them fit his system. That's what the better managers do. When Justin, God rest his soul, came in, he didn't tweak too much. He just got the players playing in positions that they were com- more comfortable with. And when players are suited to the played in their preferred roles, it's not rocket science. This no. is not a difficult. Situation. I think people overcomplicate it. So I think meetings need to happen. The the players need to sit down and be honest with Kenny and just say this ain't working. We prefer to play like this. And Dan Kemp could have been part of that conversation. Kenny Jacket and Joe Gallon are experienced enough to know that there's not much creativity. And they say as much in their post match interviews, right? To say we we didn't create much today. We couldn't get the ball forward. Surely one of them would say to the other one, "Do you not think we should actually put Dan Kemp in the number ten role?" for a little while and switch it up a bit because we're getting figured out here and it's a bit too easy for teams to kind of play around should we not actually play Dan Kemp a bit forward and play him to his strength and actually see what happens for like a game and then if that doesn't happen then we'll flog him off to Milton Keynes and go sorry Dan Yeah, but he didn't mm-hmm. he didn't seem to happen he played against Newport and he was quite quiet in that but he was other, terrible. Than, other than that it didn't really seem in any capacity it's interesting because we're not going to play it so I'm going to mention it Joe Gallon says post Bradford that the manager's been thinking for a while to change the formation around. It's like I kind of want to do a hello McFly moment here. It's like what what's going on? <laughs> it's like yeah. oh my god! It's like it's really not difficult. It, people make it more complicated than it is. Players are football players are uh, th- 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 there's various different batches. You get those that are you know strong minded that like the John Mackeys of this world, for example, that are strong minded. Uh, are willing to get stuck in and do what they need to do and there are others for example like the David Mooney's of the world that kind of need or the Dean Cox's uh, you know with all due respect Dean um, that kind of need the arm around the shoulder and need that kind of from a confidence perspective you know and um, I can't help but think that that's just not being recognised with the team management it's just the players need the confidence to know the jobs that they're meant to be doing and I don't think the, the the system that we're we're playing suits necessarily the players that we've got, and they look at, at times they look like that fox that came on <laughs> in in just the game last goodness. week and just just running around and just running and darting and no with no real purpose. And I I just think there's no real personalities on the pitch that are grabbing it, but games by the scruff of the neck and dragging us up the pitch like an Ebu Adams can do for us. And I don't think that we've got that kind of that's that we haven't got that skill set in, in, in our squad and we don't seem to have players that are stepping up and the senior players, for example, that are stepping up and dragging the younger players up with them. We haven't got that John Mackey type character in the squad. They might all be laughing and joking in the changing rooms after. They don't see on the pitch. No, but there's none of that camaraderie on the pitch. They don't seem to be working together. And I'm not suggesting that there's discontentment amongst the, the players, but they don't they don't seem to be cohesive at the moment it's all very disjointed and lacking don't, don't know where else we can go with this to be perfectly frank with you it, it's just I think people are overcomplicating our system yeah you could be right you could be right Dan Kemp gone off yeah. no longer an Orient player he was a sub yesterday he came on mm. in the 88th minute I did look to see how MK Dons did mm. they won 2-1 2-1 got yeah. on the pitch so yeah. 
be interested to see how he does. We'll keep an eye on Dan Kemp and hopefully he doesn't come back to bite us in the bum. Boatsy tweeted, wasn't that bothered, said, a bit of a mare for me. This is a player in there, but at times didn't perform the way he should have. Wish him well. Just hope we have someone lined up to come in. Orient it is said, the departure of Kemp is an enigmatic one. Clearly talented, he did well last year and I thought he'd thrive under Kenny Jacket, but never hit the same levels. Regardless, I wish him yeah, well. Good point, yeah. yeah, the tipping Tim, good little player, totally wasted Orient. Don't blame him for wanting out. SC16 said, I thought him... I thought he's a skillful player, but maybe too light for League Two. Constantly bullied off the ball and no protection from this level of referee. Yeah, good point. Dan Kemp was gone, and that was it for Orient's transfer window for January. Bit of a review now. Give our thoughts uh, very quickly. So six in in that window, one out. Apart from maybe for me anyway. Apart from maybe one, who for me is Otis Khan. Maybe Ray. I've not seen Ray play, so I can't speak from Ray at all. I don't think the rest of the league one ready mm. at all. You know, maybe may good prospects for the future, but not league one ready. And if there, there's obviously been a kind of a different view on how they recruit players now, right? Because they've obviously looked at younger players and they've looked down from lower levels rather than up in terms of they've gone and they've got um, what's his face? I keep forgetting. Coleman. They've gone and got Coleman, and they've obviously looked at Moss from his time at Yeovil, which isn't a bad thing. But again, I think we mentioned it last week, these are the players you go and get in the summer and then you get them training in the squad and you bring them in gradually. You don't start them essentially the day after you sign them, after you bring them in, you give them time to bed in. So for me, it's just been our poorest window, I think I said it earlier, been our poorest window by a mile, I think, under the new the new ownership. It could be mitigating circumstances, maybe they've, they've gone well over budget and they can't spend anymore. Obviously, Nigel came out and, and told us a bit more about the investment that we'll come on to a bit later with Nigel's Q&A. But I just, yeah, really disappointing January for me in terms of everything, in terms of from the first signing to the last signing, considering they knew where the weaknesses were well before the 1st of January. So they knew Tom James was out from early December. Quite and yeah, right. it still took them, took them mid-December, sorry, mid-January to get someone in. Craig Clay, they knew he needed an operation. So surely they should have got someone in early Jan and have, should have had their eyes on someone. No, we get, you know, mid, mid to late Jan. And by then, you know, your opportunity to bet those players in as soon as mm. you can is gone. So, yeah, really disappointment though for me. Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be one of those, isn't it? it like every other Orient fan, I'm, I'm underwhelmed and uninspired by our transfer activity. And I think... My theory of us signing a small but highly talented and therefore probably a bit more expensive squad is is right. Uh, you know, as we've gone now and we've gone and got lower budget additions for the squad, like you said, Coleman and and uh, Brown have, have come from have not come from league football. Yeah. Um, you know, granted we've paid in some sort of a fee. We believe eighty thousand uh, pounds for Ethan Coleman, and and all right, arguably he's been playing in a tough league because the national league is full of kicking lumps yeah. out of out of players is a lacking of finesse in the National League so he's going to be used to the cut and thrust of it I actually thought yesterday on the side tangent I thought Dan Moss did quite well I thought he got stuck in quite quite well at times um, but like you I feel that we've been missold by the aggressive comment um, and the, the ambition viewpoint and I kind of feel underwhelmed because of what's come from the club you know I don't I don't mind having my expectations set as long as they're fairly set um, and I just don't think that that was necessarily so clearly communicated. Um, 
we have what we have. I trust and believe in the board and Kenny Jackett's team, so I'm going to be supportive. Um, but I just can't help being, you know, you can't, I can't control it, so I've got to be support. I can't do anything else but be supportive. Um, you know, we've lost Clay, we've lost James, we've lost Smith to long-term injuries. We know Mitchell will need an op, but from what I've been told, I don't think he's going to be out all that long. Um, so why bring in Ray? Like, Ray may well be a great addition to our squad, but we don't need a Ray. We need a Ebu Adams, yeah. for example. That's what I would have preferred, a box-to-box. I watched the highlights on Quest this morning and Forest Green Rovers counter-attacked. Their, their striker uh, has ended up going and Ebu Adams has followed it all the way up. He's gone from their box to the oppo box. Bang. Absolutely what we need. Absolutely what we need. Um... Our aggressive transfer activity was really only replacements for, for the players that we've already mentioned. Mm. Craig Clay, we brought in Brown and Coleman. For um, Tom James, we've brought in Carnan Moss in that right-back position. Smith, Paul Smith, we've brought in Nublé. And Alex Mitchell, who, again, we don't know exactly how long he's been out for, we've brought in, we brought in yeah. Ray. So we've only let one go. That obviously was Dan Kemp. He's gone to a League, a league One ready player at, ironically has gone to a League One club and I guess from the board's perspective playing devil's advocate here that our focus changed from being that kind of let's build and push on to actually well, we've only got so much funding available because of FFP and actually we've now got massive holes in our squad that we need to fill and that's the priority so maybe actually yeah. we are going to be somewhere between I don't know 12th and 18th maybe somewhere in that third of the table I don't know. Um, just, just thoughts. Just, just throwing it out there, really, because it's it's going to be difficult. It's not what we wanted. It's not what we expected, and I think that's why people are seriously unhappy about about our transfer business and yeah. underwhelmed. Very good points. Yeah, very good points. We will see how we'll see what pans out. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, we're mid twenties through the season now. We've got another twenty odd games to go. It's it's sixty points or so up for grabs. So let's see what happens. A lot of points to play yeah. for. We will be speaking about the board in a little while when we come to review uh, Nigel's Q and A that was done later in the week. But we did have some football to play. So moving on into Tahuwe Tuesday, the first of February, we were away at Bradford City. The team was announced at six forty-five with Lawrence Vigor in goal, with Otis Khan, Alex Mitchell, Omar Beckles, Dan Happy, midfield of Darren Prattley, Hector Kiprianu, and. Uh, I can't. Jordan Brown, that's the one. Theo Archibald, Harry Smith, and Aaron Dryan are making up the rest of the 11. On the bench, we had Sam Sargent, Dan Moss, George Ray, uh, Matt Young, Dan Nkrumah, and Royal Satouriou. Yeah, absolutely. So that meant there were three changes to the side that lost at Mansfield as Jordan Brown and Royal Satouriou dropped to the bench as Paul Smith missed out through injury. Darren Prattley, Hector Kipriano, and Aaron Dryan came in. So for me, um, actually, looked at that and thought, oh, that's not a bad side. It's more balanced than it was for Mansfield, in my opinion. Uh, big call to bring Prattley back in, given his form yeah. uh, this season. I hear he, you know, just on form, but I hear he is a very good character in the dressing room. Mitchell, playing for injury now, potentially. Yeah. Um, shame for Ruel to drop to the bench. I, I, I like Ruel, he's exciting, he's quite tunnel-visioned in his approach to things, which isn't a bad thing when you need someone to just... Pepper, uh, Pepper the Oppo's goal. He's that guy to do that. I know people have their views on Ruel, but I, I'm I'm largely positive about it. What's going on with Adam Thompson? Not even on the bench today, but but Ray and Nkrumah are. Good wow. points. Your views? Yeah, good points. I think we missed out uh, 
he's not. It's, I always think he's called Eastwood. He's not that new. Coleman, Coleman started. Brown was on the bench. Yeah, for me, that was coming out of the Mansfield game. That side has more of a backbone to it. So Which is a few what more Kenny nasty players. Yeah, yeah. Luke Prattley coming back. You know, Happy's at left back. Who can be a bit of a brute. Archibald still in the team. You're like, yeah, that's that's not bad. Still not sure about Khan at right back. It's obviously not where he's supposed to play. He can play there, but again, square pegs, round holes. Like it's yeah. not where he should be playing. And like you, Adam Thompson, what's happened to the guy? What's if you need when you need game management players? The guy was playing League One football last year for Rotherham until he got his injury, and he came down to us. So you talk about game management. You got one who can't even get into your squad, mate. Let alone start an eleven or your subs bench. And Connor Woods, not even in the squad again. You know, Bradford away is his former team. He would have been absolutely as highly motivated as what he's ever going to be to play away at the team he used to play for. Not even on the bench. Dan Happy's your left back. Mm. So, obviously, something very wrong there. I was very happy Prattley was back um, with that one, though. So, a few tweets came into us before kickoff. Johnny Eppers said, conventional 3 5 2, so we can't say we haven't changed the formation up. Shame it appears yet more defensive. It might mean we keep the ball a bit more in midfield rather than have a number 10 who doesn't see any possession. Yeah, Gary Talbot7 said, Thompson and Wood now definitely surplus to requirements. Now it seems anyone know why. Not us. So Bradford got the game underway. Both teams looking to recover from their weekend defeats. Both teams draw specialists from kickoff. It did seem that Archibald was playing up top in a front three. So it looked like a 4-3-3. That's what it looked like. Obviously, we weren't there. Um, 18 minutes into the game and nothing really of note to mention Bradford had had more possession and looked a bit more dangerous I think it's also worth noting that it might seem that we've changed and we may be playing the diamond formation um, as Khan, Mitchell, Beckles, Happy and then Brown in front of the back four kicked wide right um, oh, my notes don't really make that much sense Kipriani was playing wide right Archibald wide left Prattley in behind Smith and Drynan so I think he tweaked it up a little bit, trying to get something from this game. Bradford were a really good side. Weren't going form-wise going in, but they can turn you over. Yeah, Derek Adams is a wily operator. He, I mean, they weren't having the best of seasons. I mean, my notes, yeah, a few nice passes here and there. Generally, fairly sloppy. Ball was lost by both teams, kept going back and forth. Yeah, a bit of a mere game, really. First O's corner in the 26th minute, easily cleared. Yeah, absolutely. Um... 28 minutes, just a couple of minutes later, good pass and move from Bradford saw Lawrence Vigoru race off of his line to collect bravely from the feet of Matty Daly. Yeah, shortly after Andy Cook controlled the ball in his chest, he had a swivel and he fired a shot just wide on the half hour. And then shortly after, Harry Smith went into the ref's book for a little shove, got himself a nice yellow card. For <laughs> Another chance for Bradford a minute later, uh, as a pass seemed to evade all of our defence and a volley, half volley from Walker went just wide. Bradford have been enjoying plenty of possession but still, we've been soaking up the pressure and we looked fairly organised and not too panicky for me. Yeah, fairly, a fairly straightforward half. No, no real chances to note for them. 36 minutes with good build-up play from the O. So Otis Khan on the right. He fired a cross over the Bradford box. Dan Happy was at the far post. He headed the ball back across goal. Nothing came of it and Bradford cleared the ball. Yeah, not bad there from Dan. He did the right thing by heading it back. Unfortunately, it was just overhit. I think Otis Khan's cross in the 40th minute was met by Harry Smith. His header was going out, but Aaron Drynan didn't give up hope. He ended up colliding with Bass, but no penalty despite Orient players claiming for it. Yeah. Seen him given. Seen him given. Not on this evening, though. We had a free kick in the 42nd minute. 
Otis Khan crossed the ball in. Beckham's got his head to the ball. Easy save for Bass in the Bradford goal. Yeah, I think that counts as a shot on, yeah. on target. And a minute of time was added on and played out with no further talking points of that half as it ended. Nil-nil. And despite us mentioning that Bradford having most of the ball in that half, most of the apps at that point were stating that we'd had 54% of the possession, but didn't really see it that way. The attendance wasn't announced. And the second half? Yeah, second half kicked off. Did no change for the O's at half-time. Mm. Hector Kiprianu, uh, 46 minute, made a decent interception as Bradford looked to attack straight from the kickoff. Yeah, and then Bradford went so close in the 55th minute after a corner came to an unmarked Andy Cook, but he guided his header just wide, and that was a huge let off for us. That was, he should have buried that, and we've dropped our intensity in this half as well, I noted. Yeah, Bradford coming out a bit more. Beckles there, no man's land. Cook just peeled off in Beckles, nowhere to be seen again. We've seen that quite a few times in the last couple of weeks. Aaron doing corners. It's like Beckham's yeah. way. Like you're inexperienced enough to know that Andy Cook's gonna what he's gonna do. <laughs> Done it so easy there, but again, we were lucky there. Sixty first minute then, great moment of score from Theo Archibald, skip past the Bradford defender, Hector Kipriani made his cross, couldn't get the ball up to Harry Smith who was waiting unmarked. Yeah, sixty four minutes, Darren Prattley cleverly drew a foul out wide, but Theo Archibald's free kick was poor, didn't even beat the first man. But in the sixty ninth minute, Darren Prattley scored our first goal in eight and a half hours of football and our first goal in twenty twenty two. As Alistair's car was brought down just inside the Bradford half, Theo Archibald whipped the free kick in, weakly cannoned off base, and the ball fell to Prattzinho in a busy penalty box, drilled his shot through a number of bodies, straight into the Bradford net to make it one nil to the O's. Good goal. It was coming. At that point in the game, we were starting to turn the screw, and I think we deserved it at that point. It was good to see Prattley get a goal. Obviously not in the squad, I think, for the last game or two. Gets back into the team, gets a goal, and I think he's probably having as decent of a game that I've seen him play for Orient within that game, so I was happy to see him score the goal. Yeah, I agree with you completely on that. Two minutes later, Drynan collected Prattley's knock-on, but Bass caught it comfortably. Yeah, 79th minute now. (coughs) Phil Archibald. Got himself a silly little bucket. It really was. 81 minutes. We were searching. Uh, Bradford, sorry, was searching for an equaliser and opened it up really easily. Crossed the ball in. Lawrence Figueroa did very well to parry the ball. Yeah, out. they were starting to put the pressure on out the crowd. To be fair to the Bradford crowd, they were still with them. I thought once we scored, they were going to turn on them because they get quite a big attendance. They did a bit, years, but they did a bit. But towards the last 15, they kind of got back into them. When they when he crossed the ball in and Vigaroo passed out, it seemed to reinvigorate their crowad a bit, get a bit more a bit more onside for Vigaroo done well there. But however, eighty second minute, Bradford did get their equaliser as a long throw was launched into our box. Eventually ball came to what? Waiting just outside the box. He took a shot, took a massive deflection, beat Viggs, flew into the net to make it one all. I thought we were unlucky there. Mm. I thought we were unlucky there. We've talked about kind of key moments going against us in the last couple of games when you're down there. And again I think had that been in like September, October, when we were comfortably beating sides, that kind of hits the defender and it goes out for a corner. But I think as it stands, it hits the defender and flies into the back of the net. So unlucky there, one all. Yeah, Levi Sutton turned brilliantly to set up Elliot, who fired over the bar in the 87th minute. That's a Bradford attack. Yeah, four minutes of time were added on. And in the first minute, Ethan Coleman, who had a very good game actually, I think there's going to be a few tweets about Ethan Coleman after this one, was replaced by Jordan Brown, in our first substitution in the 90th minute. Yeah. Um, four minutes of added... Yeah, kind of already fed up talking about this. 91st minute. Uh, 90 plus one. A nice counter-attack from Orient, started by Jordan Brown. Eventually saw Otis Khan's cross attacked by Theo Archibald, but he was judged to have fouled the defender. Yeah, a minute later, Cook fire wide for Bradford. In the 93rd minute, O'Connor had the last 
the chance to get the winner. He had a speculative effort from distance, flew, flew straight into Vigarou's hands, comfortable save. No further talking points as the ref brought the game to a close as the draw specialist of the division played out a one-two draw to share the points. Yeah, so um, Joe Gallon's um, interview has been up on YouTube for several days now. We're not going to be playing any of that for you uh, now. So we're going to move on then. Uh, and I thought actually, just to come back to that, he was really good. He's a really good speaker, really honest. Uh, I think one of the things that, that Dave picked up on was the fact that we changed the formation around a bit and Joe said, yeah, Kenny's been looking to do, thinking about doing that for a little while. So... That played out, and I th- I actually think that, yeah, I think it worked out well for us. League table, that draw meant that, the, um, that there was no change to our league position as we're still 15th in League 2, having now played seven, sorry, having now won 7, drawn 12, lost 7, uh, goal difference of uh, plus 13, with 33 points on the board. So your views on, on Bradford away bid? I mean, that was like so long ago. Your views on Bradford away bearded Lejande? It really does feel like a long time ago. And I thought we were much better. I thought that's probably our best game uh, well, of the yeah. year uh, so far. Solid, but not spectacular in any way, shape or form. And that's fine. I'm all right with that. Solid, but not spectacular. I don't think either side were particularly brilliant on the day. Uh, I don't think Bradford were in particularly good form going into that game either. So I don't think it was ever going to be... Uh, one that you'll remember for for, for many positives. Uh, special mention for Darren Prattley. We're quite, you know, you know, we're criticised where we see. Yeah, absolutely. But we'll also praise where we see as well. Uh, I think that was his best game in an orange shirt, from what I can remember. Thought Brilliant, he looked yeah. sharp. He looked lively, leading it up front, helping to keep us up the pitch. Deserved his goal. And I think maybe the formation change really suited the personnel that Kenny put out that night. Um, so well done to Kenny, who played a different formation. The players seemed to respond well. Bradford had a lot of huff and puff about them. Didn't really have that final product in the end third. Seen that a lot from us at times as well. Create not not even so much creating, but actually just having a lot of the ball um, and and you know driving forwards and then sort of not really having anything to end with. So yeah, I think a point was each was was a fair fair result. Just a shame we couldn't hold on for all three points. Yeah. Could summarise at the end there. Yeah, not a classic game by any stretch of the imagination. It was important not to lose, though. I thought yeah, that one very important not to lose, and we didn't. Thought Prattley was good. Coleman done well. Coleman showed some good glimpses there of, of the player he could potentially become. I think I mentioned it when the team uh, lineup was announced. But Dan Appy at left back didn't look as comfortable as what a left back would. So mm-hmm. I'm still surprised at this point Wood isn't getting in the team over happy. And for me. The creativity was all around Otis Khan for the most part. If it wasn't Archibald, it was Khan. So surely we should be playing Khan a bit higher up uh, on the pitch. But, you know, you got Aaron Drinan, was my example, who's kind of playing as the right forward, who's kind of anonymous there because that's not his position. I found that he didn't he didn't do much against Bradford. Mm. Why not play Khan and put Drinan on the bench? So if an hour gone, you have Drinan as an option if Smith isn't doing the business for you and, and play Mossop right back. Yeah. I was thinking for that one kudos to the away fans who made that long journey Bradford is a long journey on a Tuesday That's a cold yeah. horrible night decent point I felt but I also felt the season's slipping away with another draw and in Monday's activity so yeah, yeah not the happiest there but the time for your views now yeah so we had loads of loads and loads of feedback that came into this so thanks to everyone who sent us their views into our social media accounts which are sponsored as you probably know by now by town and country estate agents who are Orient supporting and very highly successful estate agents West End season ticket holder one of the directors is Charlie Paul and he's offering all Leighton Orient fans and staff a huge whopping 20% 
off of his usual fee. So if you're thinking about moving, keep it in the Orient family, save yourself a few quid in the process, give Charlie a call directly. His number is 07528 471 497. You can email him charlie at town, that's C-H-A-R-L-I-E, at townandcountrypropertysales.co.uk or you can DM him on Twitter, charlie underscore paul, P-O-O. L-E, and he tells us that there are a few Orient fans who have taken up his his offer and using his services, and, and they've he's sold their properties pretty quickly. So, game on. Amazing, yeah. amazing. It was amazing. <laughs> obviously, we love doing the podcast, and we don't do it for sponsorship, but obviously, it's a perk of, of doing the podcast, and it's amazing that we've got so many great Orient companies, and we've actually had to turn down another approach this week for sponsorship which I find baffling in, t- in terms of in a of, good way in a good way yeah we're very happy with who we have um, and it's great that this has been such a successful partnership so early on people selling their houses via the podcast so long may that continue lots of views yeah. in came in at Lewis Fear underscore said the top two draw specialists play against each other and you should expect the job Common looks a tidy signing played very well and the captain put in a good performance tonight we looked a lot better overall yeah, Andy Wobb said, it's not what we really need, but it's an improvement. Sounds like Prattley has reacted how we need yeah, it to. Yeah, absolutely. O's fan basics, a better performance, and Coleman does look good. Theo needs to sort his crossing out. In the end, though, we aren't good enough going forward to win games. We need a change up top. 1965 AC, 1881 said, not bad, worked hard, must improve ball retention and dead balls. And again, don't look potent, potent enough. Good finish by Prattley, who was one of the pluses tonight. Dropped too deep in the end. I have to say, yeah, his his finish was technically really good. Laces I, I didn't mention it, it before. It beautifully. Yeah, I think that was a side foot rather than the laces, wasn't it? If I remember it rightly, wasn't it? A, a kind I of thought he put his laces through it, but he could have well side footed it. it, it Either way, technically, whatever he meant to do, he'd done it beautifully, well done, proudly. But good point there about dropping a bit too deep, maybe inviting a bit more pressure onto us, you know. Yeah. PM31970. So this breaks the run and not scoring. And although not a win, I thought we were the better team despite them missing some good chances. I thought Proudly was good, and I like the look of Coleman. LDP King said, We went back to playing the same formation we did earlier in the season at last. Much better. Theo and Khan being our main outlets. Pratty, very good performance, but overall far too many draws this season, meaning you must now win seven or eight in a row to even challenge for the playoffs all over. Yeah, Spenno, 0-1-1, said we took the lead and should have held on, but yet again, deeper and deeper, and it always looked like Bradford would score, which eventually they did. Impressed by Prattley, Coleman and Khan, felt it was a better shape and we looked more solid, but we just haven't got that ruthless streak to see it out. Yeah, Steve Chaplin 4 said, much better. Prattley had his best game in ages and we still gave the ball away more than we should have, but we stopped the run of defeat on to Saturday. Good D point. Ward underscore 7 said, Jacket has cost us that tonight. We should have seen it out fresh legs I mean I think we mentioned before even when we were winning we mentioned that Kenny does not change things for the sake of it he only changes it when he sees an opportunity to change it and again didn't see an opportunity to change it until the 90th, 90th minute which I, I don't understand I think that's the way Kenny Jacket works it's ridiculous Boggs Dollocks 1 said decent point a few positives formation worked okay Pratty and Coleman look good forwards look better we still need to create far more and concentrate more defensively Archibald looks rusty, still not beating the first man from set pieces often enough. Evie Starks, I'm pleased we've got a point considering the late attack by the Bantams. More pleased we actually scored, but find this lack of introducing subs early very negative. Mm. Theo and Smith have been booked. 
So Brent Ruel, mm. what has Jacket got against him? We could have used his pace. Hundred percent. Good point. Absolutely. Why? What? What are you going to do in if you bring someone on in the 89th minute? What's the point? What actually is the point of that? There's no real point to it. It's ridiculous. Bill underscore Johnson UK says still only seven wins all season for Kenny Jacket. Score a goal, then try to defend it. Ain't going to work for these players. Those fans knew the equaliser was coming, so did the players. No backbone. Barker's a 72, so the tell of two managers under pressure. We didn't create nearly enough chances and sat back after the goal, which I guess is down to confidence. The formation change encouraged Prattley to get up and down the pitch and his performance showed maybe his legs haven't gone after all. Yeah, final word on this one goes to Rekka Bluat, who said, better than perform- previous performances, but exactly what I expected. Two poor teams with limited confidence cancelling each other out. While three points slipped away at the end, a draw was probably the correct result. Yeah, so thanks to everyone who sent us tweets post-Bradford. If yours haven't been mentioned, they could be coming up post-Colchester. So time for the Carol Langley Flores Prediction League update. And hopefully, as you know, our sponsors for the Prediction League are Carol Langley, who are an established local business in Chingford, East London. They specialise in bespoke flowers for all occasions and events from a simple thank you to a lavish wedding or event, they can help you. So get in touch with John and the team now on Twitter and also on Instagram at carollangleye 4 or you can find John at EssexBiz. He's also gone on to say this evening, all those fans and staff get free delivery and that their price for a dozen roses this year is £5 cheaper than last year at 65 quid. Price rises, Carol Langley, buck the trend so lovely work there from John and with Valentine's Day coming up get in your partner's good books get cracking with Carol Langley orders they will not do you wrong and offer a great service so lots of you got this prediction correct we're not going to mention all of you because there's loads of you but the top of the prediction league table roundup will follow at the end of the podcast and that wraps up Bradford City from Tuesday night so let's move on to Wednesday the 2nd of February the club asked for questions from fans from fans sorry and then ask these to uh, put these to Nigel Chem at night. Let me start that again. The club asked for questions. You wouldn't think I've been reading this. Edit this kind of thing. No, we don't do any of that. The club asked for questions from fans and then put these in a Q&A to O's chairman, Nigel Travis, who was over from his home in the States. Topics including the meaning of the word aggressive in the January transfer window, what the transfer committee is, what it, who's in it, what it's about. Kenny Jacket, transfers ambitions, the future, literally everything. Go on, we watched it. You're watched it, views. 27 minutes that he did not have to do. So I, first of all, I have to commend Nigel Travis uh, and Luke at the club for, for putting that on and getting that out there. He didn't have to do it. He would have seen how negative uh, the views were towards the transfer deadline day signings, which I presume kind of prompted this to happen. So fair play to Nigel for doing this. I thought, I thought it was good. I thought some questions he didn't were cleverly worded. So obviously this is a piece of this is a piece of club like propaganda, right? Because it's there to make the club look as best they can. So Nigel's obviously going to come very pro club. You'd expect him to do. I thought the aggressive question, the way it was worded, had he been on this podcast or a fan podcast, it would have been asked Challenge. differently. Yeah. Should we ask the question that he was put to was, what did you mean by aggressive? Now we, I don't think we'd have asked it like that. I think we would have come at it to say, you said we were going to be aggressive, but the signings weren't aggressive in our view. So what happened there? He was kind of said, well, when I said aggressive. I was more talking about we were going to go and look for like X type of player. And, and we got them. Yeah, but for me, that's not how I interpreted the aggressive. So I'm happy that he came out and explained the way he perceived the meaning of the word aggressive to be. 
but it was very different to what I think most fans expected that to be. Um, but I can't, like we said, the one thing that you can't fault this board for is their communication skills, and they put it out there. He done well, and I thought he gave good insight to kind of how the transfer committee works and other things that he did not have to go into detail about. So, well played. I mean, he says he's an optimist, and I totally get that. He still said he wanted to get promotion, and he was an optimist, but I thought at the same time, I'm an optimist as well, but I'm a realist. And I think you can be both together. Just because you're an optimist doesn't mean you can't say, yeah, but I don't think you're going to get promoted because... Your yeah. signings haven't been good enough. I hope we get promoted, but I don't think we will. That's an optimist. And a yeah, absolutely. Right? So, you know, I, I can't fault the guy. He explained that the, I think I think the key point for me was that in the board's eyes, they had put in another 150k, which is not a small amount of money. So you have to say, well done for that. But in my view, you could put in a million quid. If you're going to sign players of the capability that you're signing, it doesn't matter how much money you're going to put in if you're signing the wrong types of players. Yeah. So I was happy for the insight and I will always say like this board are amazing in the way they communicate and thank you to Nigel for doing it. You? Yeah, no, absolutely. Thank you, Nigel, for being so upfront. I like, I do like how the club uh, front these kind of things and I say front, I mean stand there and say, look, we've said this and this is what's going on. Never, ever, ever will I ever complain about the club communicating yeah. um, in this kind of way because yeah. we've been in a situation before where we didn't get anything and other clubs around the country are still struggling and suffering quite badly. And so this is something to be applauded and not to be uh, a negative about. However, we're going to pick up on some of the, the you know, the comments. Um, you know, and, and to be fair to Luke, Luke was in control of of the questions that were being asked and I think it would have been a poor reflection on Luke if he hadn't have asked the questions that he asked. So what did you mean by the negative like as in explain that kind of that that comment? I don't I don't buy into that explanation. I think something's changed in the boardroom. I'm just speculating this is pure purely my views. I have no prior intel, insight, knowledge or anything like that. It's just purely my perception. Is that It was going to be aggressive because we were going to go after players at the top end of our well, list. Well, when, when you said aggressive, I guess the perception was bloody, that they're going to go and try and get high quality players, players. that other clubs are up looking at and Orient are going to outbid the, the next team because they really want the players and they're serious and they're going to go big or they're going to go home, essentially. They're going we to, were going to get better quality than what it, we've yeah, currently yeah. got. And that so is, players that were playing in League One, potentially, or had fallen out of favour at League One clubs, for instance, and we were going to get them to come in here. Obviously, it transpired that we need to fix plug holes within the squad. Tom James injured, Craig yeah. Clay injured, Smith, like all this that we've already spoken about. So, But I don't, I don't feel that the explanation... I don't like... To criticise, and I don't want to be judgmental, but I'm just not sure that I'm on board with the explanation about being aggressive. Um, and Nigel also said something that, that that hasn't been particularly mentioned is that we might sign a free agent because we can sign players that are have been paid up by other clubs yes, yeah, yeah. and are not connected to a club. We can go and sign, sign A and other. I was going to say Joby Mac. Joby Mac No, we're not signing Joby. But but those that aren't in contracts yes, anymore yeah, yeah. that have been paid up. Um, but look, we can sit here and hypothesise and, and, and talk about it all day long, but at the end of the day, there's nothing we can do about it. That, you know, we're grateful that the club is being run really well. It's being oh, carefully man. run. Amazing. And and the fact that they dug into that, to whatever reserves that they've got and put another 150 grand in, 
you know, I'm not an agent, I'm not a football person, I don't know what Nublay costs, I don't know what Ray costs, I don't know how these deals are made, I don't know what Ethan uh, Coleman costs, I don't know what yeah. Brown costs, I don't know what Carl So you don't costs. know what 150k will get you? Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. I don't know how that's been divvied up and, and, and how this how the spreadsheets are working. So um, from that point of view, um, yeah, we just have to move forwards with it. It is what it is, we've got what we've got and, and I need to be supportive. I think had he had he really said, you know, he'll never name players who they haven't got. That will never happen. Had he said though, we had a number of targets for for whatever reason they didn't come through. We've had a number of injuries that have happened, and it's really kind of made us go right. This season now we have to stabilise. We can't. We don't see a, a a promotion push. Had he said that, I'd have gone. Do you know what? All right, fair enough. You've kind of explained yourself and you've been honest. But I think it was a fact. The aggressive. This definement of aggressive was kind of like, oh no, what I meant was this, and you're like, I don't think it was, mate, and it was, oh, I st- we're still gonna yeah. go for it. I was like, no, I don't think that's gonna happen. Had he been a bit more on- honest, I thought it was a bit dishonest what I said. Had he been a bit more honest and gone, look, COVID postponements, injuries, it's all really cost us now, and we'd love to be able to put in a yeah. bigger amount, yeah, but we just can't do it because of fair play or or the money it will cost. So we're just gonna try and. Now bringing a few players from lower down, get them embed like embedded in, and try and get Kenny to work, get his system flexed up. So this time next in pre season, we go again and we can smash it, and that's what we're all about now. I'd go, do you know what? Fair enough. This season's been like no other. Again, in terms of stop, start, stop, start, injuries, it's been all over the place. But it was more of like they didn't kind of really acknowledge that too much. So. Like I said, we could sit here for hours and hours and talk about that 27 minutes. Well worth a watch if you've not done it yet. That is on the club's YouTube channel. Yeah, but like you said, Nigel's an optimist, so he's always going to be always the more positive, yeah. positive end of, of optimism. So, look, you know, it is what it is. Um, we are where we're at and, and we just move forwards. Yeah, absolutely. As we'll do with this beautiful episode at 57 minutes. So Thursday, the 3rd of February, the youth team were in action. They were away at Sutton United in the morning. Unfortunately, they suffered a 2-0 loss and lost the game, so unlucky there to the Young O's. Yeah, Kenny Friday, the 4th of February, the club announced that Young O's, Zech Obiero and Sonny Fish have signed their first professional contracts with the club. Zech is a midfielder, and he signed a two-and-a-half-year deal, whilst forward Sonny has signed for 18 months. Well done to both those lads, and uh, yeah, congratulations. I can't wait to see them get yeah. into the first team. If we're doing this podcast, two names who we're fairly... Familiar with Sonny Fish yeah. in the last kind of three or four weeks, getting on the every sheet. week on yeah. the score sheet on assists. So great stuff. So timing to move to Saturday, the fifth oh, of February. Can we just May, fast forward? Yeah. Colchester United at home before the game. We ran a Twitter poll to find out how you thought the O's would get in on this one. We had two hundred and forty votes in twenty four hours. That isn't too bad at That's all. Decent. Only fourteen percent of you thought the O's would lose this one. Twenty one percent thought the O's would draw with a 65% majority thinking the O's would win. As always, thank you for all your votes on our Twitter polls. Absolutely. So the team was announced at 2 o'clock with Vigoro in goal, Moss, Mitchell, Beckles, Ogie across the back, Young, Prattley, Brown and Khan with Smith and Drynan up top. Burn, Happy, Ray, Sweeney, Kiprianu, Riley... Yeah, remember that guy? Who? And Satoru <laughs> were named on the sub bench. That side saw four changes from the side that played in midweek against Bradford as Theo Archibald, Ethan Coleman, Dan Happy, and Kipri Anu were out. And in came Dan Moss, Shadogi, uh, I keep forgetting Jordan. his first name, Jordan Brown, and Matt Young. Your views on the team, Mr. Levy? What's going on with this side was the first view. <laughs> Young over Kipri Anu. 
because obviously I've not seen Matt play particularly. Yeah. Hector's the experienced one that we've been crying out for this experience thing. What's happened to Archibald? Not a very strong um, bench at all, in my opinion. Much more defensive than attacking. So if we need to go after a game, who are you going to bring on? The only one you can really bring on is Ruel. Yeah, for me, I thought some strange decisions with that starting line-up. And I know that experience in the central midfield was kind of gone again when you've got Brown, Prattley uh, and Young. But what is going on with injuries this season at that point? Coleman and Archibald both out. You're like, what has happened here? And again, I know why they do it. And obviously Kenny's post-match interview, he goes, oh, no injuries. Pre-match. Pre-match. Yeah. No injuries. And then... If you see like those two names missing, you go, oh, you lying, sorry, but you get you get why they do it. But, uh, as, but as it turned yes, out, they true. called in sick on the after that had taken place because I think media is done on the Thursday. Thursday. Yeah, so yeah. you've still got Friday and Saturday morning. Yeah. yeah. So Janine Adelman tweeted us said, "Have we already <laughs> broken <laughs> Coleman? Where is he? We've yeah. only just taken him out of the box." <laughs> <laughs> so the A12 derby kicked off on a windy and pretty chilly day in E10. The O's won the first corner of the game in the second minute, and from Matt Young's delivery, Aaron Drynan's header was superbly saved by Hornby in the Colchester goal. He's a 26-year-old loanee. That was a brilliant save for me. It was straight at him, but he his, rea- he, his reactions were very good. He did very very well. Very, very well there. But from this, Colchester ended up counter-attacking us and the ball was crossed from the right. Ball came out to Freddie Sears, who was just around the edge of the box and his deflected shot flew past Lawrence Vigarou to open the scoring and make it 1-0 to the, to the, to the visitors. Story of the uh, last few games, that, isn't it? Literally, their keeper pulls off a save. When, when we actually do get a, an effort on target, their keeper pulls off an amazing save. They take it down the other end, gets a deflection, 1-0. And it was like, oh, really? Really? That's really just happened? So yeah, very disappointing start, considering 30 seconds before that, we thought we'd scored. Yeah, uh, yeah. We were literally fingertips away from yeah. taking the lead. Very different. I mean, that's a good counter-attack. It was a good counter-attack. Like, we don't do enough to stop it. You just wanted, who I can't remember who it was, that before the, there was a cross-field pass yeah. out to the right of our box. That should have... Just take the guy out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Just take him out there, like, kill it in their own half. Um, very different story. It's just that, that nous that Kenny talks about all the time. That's... I'd have taken... I know that's really early in the game, but that would have stopped the goal. Um, again, ifs, buts and maybes. A unique goal. I wish we'd score something like that. Um, I was in the gallery after the game and people were like, well... Shadogi was responsible for that, but Shadogi, he he was a point blank range of that shot smashing him in the face. He's ducked it, arguably. Come on, mate, stick your head in the way of it. Yeah. Alex Mitchell was behind him a few feet, and then Lawrence Figaro was on, on the line. So it's it's a cumulative effect there that we just didn't do enough to stop that goal from happening, and it was just poor. Yeah. From from out, they counter attacked us from from our corner, from our oh, chance at goal. Yeah, and not score from it. Not the start that we wanted. One down early on. We took this from the club's Twitter account in the fifth minute. Seems like an early shift in shape as Otis Khan takes a roll on the right in a 4 3 3. So, really changing it up. And we had, unfortunately, nothing to talk about until the 29th minute. Shadogi raised a cheer from the crowd. He showed some great feet and composure as he now made the Colchester player more than once, a few times, 
to get the crowd a bit vocal. But I think you know, I think it just shows the level of performance that we haven't talked about anything since that goal. There was lots of graft. There was the same old passing it round from front, from left to right, front to back, trying to get a bit of space. It just nothing was happening. We had the mm. ball. There was just no creativity. And at points, no one was moving. You could see the defenders had it or the midfield had it, but there was zero movement Smith was like a statue <coughs> Dryden was like a statue at points mm-hmm. you're like boys you're going to have to move to try and get every space. space yeah absolutely so we're going to fast forward then to the 43rd minute so just before half time and in fourth substitution as Jordan Brown went off with a head injury he was replaced by Hector Cipriano uh, Jordan Brown had clashed with Cole Skews who also had to be substituted uh, with a head injury as well and on the stroke of half time Otis Khan was dispossessed Colchester attacked Alex Mitchell didn't deal with the danger and Freddie Sears had a chance but fortunately Lawrence Figaro made the save yeah five minutes of added time we played which we had a few corners all came to nothing half time whistle went with the O's a goal down 1-0 yeah another terrible half Drinan and Smith seemed to not be that fast today I mean there was times where Drinan kind of charged things down but arguably overall it just seemed to be a lack of desire I'd say apart from Khan, who had a decent first half actually, he was looking to push us up the pitch. Apart from Khan and Ogie at points, I was like Moss. I thought was Moss done all right, done all right but I, I always felt that Freddie Sears had to beat in a damn Moss. Yeah. On that side, just it's just experience. It's just, he just knows how. He just knew how to play him. Mm. But there was just nothing, especially up top. You're like, come on, like you're just winning him to just, just do something, just mm. get something going. But yeah, disappointing half. Lots of tweets actually. Uh, at half time London underscore nuts so this Khan lad is a very decent signing orchestrating everything the rest of the team trust him they're looking for him all the time head and shoulders above the rest of the team Kid Samson O said we don't even look interested today no attacking intent no pressing no movement off the ball not tracking the runners not competing in midfield no shots no pattern of play no effort no chance very yeah, negative probably there. how we're all feeling Charles' techno so this is shockingly poor. Appears no pattern to our play. Little attacking threat. Very easy to play against. Look like relegation material. What has gone wrong? Looking likely for the top three after Swindon. More likely bottom two now. I mean, Swindon was less than two months ago. We turned them over. 4-1 at home. Destroyed them. We all left that night. Cloud nine thinking we're going to walk this league. And then two, less than two months later, we're sitting here going, what has happened? Can't score a goal. Can't even barely create a chance. Night and day, isn't it? Really Crazy. is. Jason Kilby Sixer with absolutely zero creativity. Nothing. Hit and hope football at the moment. Ben Porter sees he's a tragic start to the match. After 25 minutes, we actually started playing some decent stuff. Can't look indecent. But more concerning to me is that Ogie, our left back, is the only one running at players. Mm. I'm shocked how disinterested Smith looks. Something's gone on. Something he's not happy because that's not the usual Harry Smith that we see. Something is not right. I think he's just kind of a very frustrated figure. He can't even get into get. He can't even get into games. He can't even do anything at the moment. He just can't get the service. But then he has to drop back, and it's not his game. Yeah. You're not going to see the best at Harry Smith. So the attendance was announced of five thousand six hundred and forty-one, with nine hundred and fifty-six away fans. They were quite noisy during the game as well. Unfortunately, <laughs> there were no changes for the O's at halftime. Colchester got the second half underway, and in the forty-eighth minute, Dan Moss was booked for trying to stop a counter attack. And in the fifty-third minute, there was a chance for the O's as Harry Smith's sliding pass across goal unfortunately came to nothing. He got himself right to the oh, byline. Yeah. I think he slipped, but managed to still get his pass in. So fair play to him. Fifty-eighth minute, then Harry Smith played a pass to Matt Young. Matt Young did well in the box, picked out across, found an unmarked Darren Drynan, 
headed straight at Hornby. That was a chance. And again, if that's earlier in the season, that hits the back of the net. Yeah. No Absolutely. doubt. Let down there. Did, uh, did Dryden look to me like he's lacking in confidence there? Colchester flashed a pass across the face of our goal in the 65th minute. Dan Moss did enough to put Hannon off, who was sliding in at the far post. If Hannon had made any type of connection there, it was 2 0. Moss yeah. done quite well there. Vigor was in no man's land yeah. for that. 66th minute then. Best chance of the game for the Orient. A great through ball from Matt Young. Played in Aaron Dryden on goal. He had lots of time, lots of space. He took a shot. It was saved by Hornby. I mean, that was the chance to get back into I think if we scored out, we'd probably go on to win the game. I think the raises the crowd. I think we'd be on the front foot. We would go for him. And yeah. I think we would have got it at that point. Amazing must, ball from Young. I must say, great ball from Young. I yeah. think that's a very good save, actually. Yeah. He hits the target and he gets his angles right. I think Hornby just makes a very... He comes out he, to close the angle does down. close the angle. Yeah. Makes a good save, sticks yeah. his hand out. It's not like he smacks it straight at the keeper. The keeper has to make a save there. But in games like this, you have to score those chances. There's three chances that Dryden has had with the header in the first minute, basically. The free header in the second half in that one. You've got to take one of those three. If you don't, you ain't Agree. Gonna, you're not going to do anything. Absolutely. But we're creating more than we have done in previous yeah. games. 78 minutes on the clock. Second orange sub as Harry Smith is miraculously replaced by Ruel Satori. Had a few tweets of reports of Smith throwing off his shirt, storming down the tunnel. Frustration, that. First time he's been subbed, though. But why leave it so late to bring Ruel on? Again, to our point earlier. Yeah, I mean, we've not, we've, we've not spoken about Harry Smith in terms of Chance involvement, nothing. Not so for, not for he, a few he days can't now. be. He can't be surprised he's been whipped off there. Surely he's done nothing in the game. Yeah, Dryden, you can say he's missed free, but at least he's he's missed free. Like yeah. he's been in the, he's created the space for himself by running behind a defence. Smith hasn't done that at all, and you can't. It's not his you game, can't. Is it? You can't throw your shirt off and run down the tunnel in this day and age. And I expect fans not to see it, and then not to post about it on social media. So very disappointed there, Harry Smith. We said last week what a good fit. He's been, he seems to encapsulate that kind of Orient player when mm. he gets the club and the club game. So, really disappointed in that one. 83rd minute in, a Lawrence Vigoroux crossfield pass found Otis Khan out wide on the right. He controlled the ball well, crossed Aaron Dryden, but Dryden couldn't connect. Yeah, 88 minutes with the O's pressing for an equaliser. Colchester broke away and Lawrence Vigoroux had to make an outstanding fingertip save to deny Colchester a second goal. As well, going in the as good goal, as that save was, though, shocking defending. I w- w- watched that back earlier, and Shad, once Shad's beaten, Shad just literally stops, whether it's kind of fatigue that he's played 88 minutes coming off the back of an injury or whatever. He gets beaten far too easily. Beckles gets beaten like he's barely even there, and Vigru has to make a decent save. Had that second goal gone in, I think you would have heard an awful lot of booze around and seen a mass exodus. But seven minutes of time. Sorry, just before we move on, I have to say, Omar Beckles looked shaky yesterday, and that's not like him. He, he, he At one point, he controlled the ball, had nobody around him, had plenty of time, and ended up just booting it into no man's land. And he and that wasn't the first time he'd done that. He'd stray passing, looked out of position at times, looked like the game wasn't... He wasn't in the game. And that's not like Omar Beckles. He's yeah, usually dependable and solid. Yeah, very true. Good point there. Seven minutes of time added on. In the second minute, we're also told you had a header at the near post, easily saved. Well, nothing else worth mentioning. The referee blew the full time whistle was Kenny Jackett's O slip to another defeat. And Colchester took all three points in the E10 thanks to Freddie Sears' very early strike. Yeah, so Kenny Jackett's interview is on YouTube. We're conscious that this is going to be a really long podcast, so we're not <laughs> going to we're not going to play that interview. But thank you, Dave, for sending that to us. Much appreciated. It is on YouTube. I think the most salient point is really around, and again, repeating himself, is around it being an inexperienced side, 
uh, game management, League Two now, that kind of stuff, like taking one for the team to stop counter-attacks and that kind of stuff. Um, but Kenny Jackett's the one that puts the players in the positions and tells them how to play. He's the one that puts the structure around the shape. He's the one that does the, or he's got the team to do the research on the opposition to see where their weak spots for you to exploit, for you to then deploy the players in a way that is going to help exploit them. It's on you, mate. It's like you're literally the one that can, can help control this and you're not doing it or something's not, they're not listening to you. Some, there's a huge disconnect going on here because he's saying what we're seeing but it's like he can't control it. It's like someone from the board talking. Well, he doesn't... If, if, for example, he's, he's the one that literally can control everything that he's saying is wrong with what's going on. He's the one that can we're, control we're, it. We've been selecting that 11th. Yeah. I mean, again, we had the... And it was asked to Nigel in terms of, does, is Kenny involved in the transfer committee? And Nigel Which says, he is. yes, he is. However, he keeps talking about game management and experience. That he does have... He has some on the bench. He doesn't have a, a bench full of experience. Mm-hmm. He has some available to him on yeah. the bench. And I think we have to kind of talk about... The injuries have been really... Terrible. Obscene. Yeah. However, I think he has to make the best of what he's got. And if you are going to talk about in-game management and not having the players to do that, then you do have options. Change you, the you formation. Do have that. Well, in terms of... Change the setup. Well, in terms of... If you haven't got the experience there, change the formation to, to get your more experienced players in, in yeah. to your lineup, which yeah. you can do. You've got yeah. players like, you know, Ray, Thompson, Riley, who have played an awful lot of football. Kipriano, although young, has played a lot more football than Matt Young and Jordan Brown at the same time. Yeah. Your front, your, your forwards have got experience. You, you're Dryan and, and, you, and your Harry Smith are experienced enough. Otis can't play enough football to know what's going on. So is Figs. So is Beckel. So they've got hundreds and hundreds of career league performances. Uh, but uh, it's, yeah, it's something he keeps talking about and people... Without no, well, I you know we no one who's commenting is close to the club on this, but the club are saying, well, you know, we speak to Jackie about who we sign. You know, we've gone to Jackie about signing, but when they're signing players like Coleman, Moss, Brown, and giving Kenny kind them players, and Kenny's going, well, we, we haven't got the game management. Yeah, they're like, well, you're contradicting each other here. It doesn't add up. You're saying you need game experience, and Nigel talk about being aggressive by getting a younger type of caliber player in. Nigel adds Kenny doesn't equal reality of what's happening. They almost equal... It's a good little formula. I it? love your maths. That, yeah. That's a headline for a tweet. But that, that, <laughs> that doesn't, it doesn't equal what they're saying, does it? No. They're both, they're both saying different things. Or they're both, they're both saying... They're, they're not aligned to, what, to one another, which is the most worrying, worrying part. That interview is on YouTube with Kenny Jackett. It's well worth a watch if you haven't... Done so. So the league tabled in. We're still in fifteenth. Amazingly, we've now played twenty seven. So the season is now getting to its conclusion almost. Although there are nineteen games left to play. We've won seven. Only won seven out of twenty seven. That's pretty poor. Drawn twelve. Lost eight now. So now we've lost more than what we've won. Goal difference is still really good at plus twelve and thirty three points. So bearded Lejande. Your views on that one? Yeah, I mean, an absolute horror show. We, I actually genuinely feel we're now going backwards. And I thought after Bradford game, I thought maybe yeah, we turned a point. Yeah, yeah. I thought we turned a little bit and actually this was now going to be the push that we needed. I didn't think a point away at Bradford on paper was a really bad thing at all. Um, but to come and, and I genuinely thought we'd, we'd turn up today and we would win. Yes, all right, they've got a new manager. They've brought in quite a lot of new players and changed things yeah. around and got 
got rid of some players, and but but this guy seems to have turned them round, and they've come here and nicked. I mean, that goal came in like the second or third minute of the game. You had 87, 88 minutes of the game to to really kind of um, you know get that back, and it wasn't for the lack of options. You know, Drynan one in, th- you know, he's he's had three three good opportunities and not scored one of them. Um, and Kenny Jacket tinkering with the with the uh, the formation mid game. The last time we saw someone doing that uh, mass was Steve Davis. Steve Davis yeah. And look what happened to him. An experienced manager from all his games at hundreds of games at Crew, for example. Steve Davis, same situation. Couldn't get the best out of the squad that he had. And arguably was in a similar position where he had to build a squad. Granted, under very different circumstances, but you know, an experienced guy as well. No passion. Very little desire. Basic things you expect from from the players. And we just didn't see it. You know, highlighted by maybe Harry Smith's frustration. Uh, lots of huffing and puffing from Drynan. Three opportunities, nothing. Really, really awful. Um, Smith looked like he wasn't up for it, as I say. Attitude not right. Um, Matt Young. I, I saw him after the game and I said it to his face. I thought he had a good game. I actually thought he's one of the few shining lights from yeah. that. I thought Dan Moss did well at points as well. Got stuck in quite pacey, quite fast. He's got some legs on him. He can run the boy, so fair play. I thought Shadogi had a good game as well. All right, people may point fingers to him that he didn't get out to see us to close, close it down, but he wasn't the only one culpable in that. He wasn't yeah. the reason that we, we conceded that goal, in my opinion. Um, I thought Otis Khan had a good game as well and I think really they're the only ones that can really take any positives uh, out of this and I'm not one to call for the manager to go this early in the season and early in, the, in, in a tenure but I genuinely can't see how this will turn around I don't really see how Kenny's going to turn it around yes alright he's, he's tweaked the formation very slightly but it's not like we've tried like, what are they practising in, in, on the training pitch what is, what is going on for him to change it so early. Um, and how long do we leave it if playoffs really are where we want to be? How long do we leave it? I can't see the board. You know, We've gone out and got a seasoned veteran professional manager who's got promotions on his CVs. So is your formula the board plus jacket equals mismatch? Is that really... Is there some disconnect going on there? Yeah. Like we'll never know, and it's not really something that we we're going to dwell on too much. But is there really something that's not quite right? Because, like you say, you know, we're lacking that that midfield now stat, that League Two experience. But actually, arguably, we've got Archibald on the you know on the sick bench and Coleman, who's been playing at national league level, the same as Moss. Yeah. Um, so they've been playing men's football. You know, Jordan Brown hasn't. He's come from from literally nowhere. But he's getting in ahead of Hector. How does that work? Why does that work? Yeah. I don't under- And then you complain that there's no League Two now. But Hector's played over 100 games, I think. Over 50. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, interesting that several people came up to me in the gallery afterwards and said, well, what's this podcast going to be like? How's this going to be? Yeah. And I was having discussions with people at the bar about it. It's, it's like, well, you know, it's going to be what it is. And... Open invitation for any board member, particularly Martin Ling, and also Kenny Jacket, to come onto this podcast to have their right of reply, <laughs> to have their right of reply to all of the criticism that we are firing and pointing at them, because we are an open forum. 
in that regard and we welcome them to come on for a constructive conversation I think there's we've obviously uh, I've got a good relationship with the club that we're obviously very happy to have I think we've had a few questions in the last couple of weeks of why not get Kenny on yep. Kenny Jacket isn't an option to the podcast as we understand it and to any fan run media because he's not been on any of the fan run media he's not even done the supporters club meet the manager no not, which I kind of understand due to Covid if I'm honest like I, I do get yeah. that why you wouldn't put him in front of, of a live audience of, of that however you know we do try our best and it's not for the want of trying let's say because we yeah. have invited people onto the podcast my views just feels like repeating ourselves now for each week like you can listen to 271 or 272 for my views on any any game and they're all pretty much the same but do you know what? I, that defeat didn't hurt me as much as what it should have because my expectations for the season now are much lower than what they have been. Like we're not going to get playoffs. Like we just we're not. Like I said, I, I'm an optimist, but I'm also a realist. And with the team that we're putting out, we aren't we aren't going to get into the playoffs. We'll be fine. We're not going to get relegated. We won't get dragged into a relegation battle. But we'll finish around 15th, 16th. That's where we're going to finish because there's no ambition to get any higher. I mean, at the time. I didn't have any arguments with the team selection, but I do have I do have issues with what Kenny says post match because it doesn't match up to what Nigel was saying. So it's it's not right somewhere. You know, he talks about no game experience, but you've got Ray we've got Ray on the bench, or Thompson not even on the squad, and you're playing Mitchell and Ogie. You could put Wood back in at left back, who as far as we're aware isn't injured, he's just not in the squad. Yeah. He's he's mid twenties, he's played enough games. Midfield is far too inexperienced. Why not put Riley on? If Riley's fit enough for the bench, like I've always said, if someone's fit enough for the minutes. bench, yeah. give him a half, give him 45 minutes, bring him on at half-time if, 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 if there's not enough nouts in that central midfield. you know. But put Brown in, and I've got nothing against Jordan Brown. No. My, you know, my, my issue with him is that he's not playing, he's, he's a young boy in a man's game in a team with short of confidence and experience that keeps getting highlighted by the manager who keeps picking him. Yeah. Um, but I mean, there's really, there's no balance in that. You look at that squad that's available, there's no balance to it. You've got, it was best yesterday, but you've got no established left back, although Ogie is a left back to be fair, but there's just no balance in it. And there's just no, it doesn't seem like there was any kind of spirit within that 11 yesterday. None of them were talking to each other. Beckles had a shocker for me. Beckles has been great for the most part this season. Yesterday they were wayward balls, men are coming off him, like getting their chances. I thought Beckles struggled a bit yesterday. Pratley done all right, but not as well as what he'd done against Bradford. Smith was non existent. I mean, I was really disappointed in Harry Smith's attitude. I think the fans have taken to him really well, but if it, anything else like that, you can't throw your shirt off and storm down a tunnel. Mm. You just can't do that. Drunen at the moment can't buy a goal, but I'm still not, still not Kenny out. I'm no. still not Kenny out for me personally. But I think that's probably down to my inhibition about if we did sack him, we'd probably make a, a, a ridiculous appointment. So it's more of I don't have faith in the board to actually get a manager in to replace Kenny. I don't think anyone else is out there at the moment who would, it, in my eyes, do a better job than what Kenny Jacket is doing. I, I wouldn't want to give him the kick and then you go and get someone who's never managed before and I wouldn't want to get a blast from the past in that role, in a, in a caretaker role where I think the easy option would be to get Joby back in the caretake. I would hate that to ever happen. So I think we have to stick with Kenny at the moment and hope that his experience and his now starts turning the team around. And these players who haven't got game experience or lead to now start getting that. So next season, he gets a bit more investment, more players in, gets a bit of dead wood out, or the players who he doesn't want in. He obviously doesn't want wood. He obviously doesn't want Thompson, which I can't understand why, but he obviously doesn't want them in. Mm. Makes it more his team and works close with the transfer committee and we don't have the board going they're going to be aggressive if that's not what's going to happen 
So all our expectations are aligned, and he gets like a better shot at it. So well, we haven't mentioned Sam Sargent, by the way, because Reese Byrne was on the bench. So Sam Sargent will be another one that will probably go. As yeah, well, I, I, might, I imagine I'll be. I mean, there's a massive turnaround coming for this club. You've got a new CEO coming in. You've got new investment money still coming in. You've got a fairly new squad of players. You've got a fairly new management team at the club. I think it's a big six months now for him. Yeah, I think they've I always agree. been. You know, the three-year plan is to get out of the division once you've been in it for three years. Well, this is the third year of League Two. And although we're much in a much better place than what we were in the first season in League Two, I wouldn't say we're pushing for promotion out of League Two now. I think we're a mid-table team looking at us now. On our day, we've already strongest 11. That's a good, strong 11. However, we're nowhere near having that first level available. Tom James out. Theo Archibald out. Craig Clay out. Smith. That, that's, just, that's just spine mm. really with your spine out or your creativity out yeah you know Absolutely. so those were our views very long winded views very long podcast tonight yeah. just, let's get on then with your views in Paul Skinner hold on just before you do that Danny Macklin tweeted and he said I accept that fans yes. may be frustrated at results recently I get that but the abuse I and others receive on here is simply crazy DMs or message calling me a homophobic term Social media is a cause for good for many times, but certainly not when you receive sick messages and abuse. And I, I don't believe any of our listeners will be in that category. But if you are, stop doing that. It's unacceptable. Don't be messaging and DMing people, um, poisonous things like that. And, and you said that you saw a tweet or something, a picture of someone yeah, yeah. written, a derogatory term, uh, in addition to that homophobic thing. It's got to stop. It's unacceptable. It's not funny. It's not cool. You're not a big person for doing it. So just stop bloody doing it, please. Yeah, fans. Um, a very small minority of fans letting down an entirely passionate yeah. and large fan. It is a small minority fan, of fans. Yeah, it's like one or two idiots. So just yeah. stop doing it, please. So lots and lots of views into this one. Just because we read them doesn't mean we agree with them. Paul Skinner, 88, says no more words need to be said other then jack it out. Okay, Paul Staines at 86 said, clearly the current setup isn't working. A change needs to be made to make sure we don't fall into a relegation battle. Yeah. That, is a, that, is a, that is a point that I spoke to, I spoke to Adam earlier and I spoke to a couple of other people. The, the, the problem we've got now is we're not winning, we're barely drawing, we're starting to see the, the L column creep up. If we're not careful, we could be drawn into a negative situation because we're only we're 15th out of 24 arguably maybe Oldham and Scunthorpe are destined to go down but that's not a given Oldham have got John Sheridan back that could turn around yeah yeah Yeah. Ian David 1-2-3-4 said I'm so angry absolutely frustrated by these poor performances something needs to change same pattern week in week Mm. out outplayed completely second best all afternoon I've had enough win will we get better uh, lead two bet uh, said Steve Davis got up, got us to third. Then a run of three points from thirty three saw him sack. Jacket also got us to third. We now have two points from twenty one. If we don't get a win in the next few games, we might need to, a change of manager for the same reason, i.e., to prevent us from being dragged into a dogfight. Shrimpy underscore boy said, "Has it been a poor run of form? Yes. Is it painful to watch? Yes. Do we sack the manager? No." No progress is made from ripping up management every time we struggle for form. Matt Young put in a superb performance and a shame Khan couldn't get more involved in the second half. Yeah, Shiv underscore Shiv and Pathak said, well, that was a to- well, that was torrid. 86 minutes to respond to an early blow and none taken seriously. Couple of chances and tested the keeper a few times. Dryden going through on goal stood out. 
But other than that, no drive, no ideas, and little hope. For Kenny, what gives? Yeah, good point. Graham G, one four eight four three nine five two. Season's over. Pompey fans were right about Jacket. Seven wins from 27 games is pitiful. I won't return until he's gone. He said, Ross, last season, play 27, 38 points. Jacket, this season, play 27, 33 points. Richie J. Bourne said, free falling. If Kenny was looking for a fighting performance, he never got it. That was poor. The midfield is the poorest midfield I have seen for a long time. So defensive, it's relegation form and we're looking over our shoulders. You can take a defeat if the team, if the opposition team has better skill and quality, but our lack of fight, ideas and passion is inexcusable. And that's what annoys supporters. Bang on the money. Can take us losing, we've said it millions of times before, can take us losing the game yep. if we've just if they've just got a bit of better quality about us and they've had a bit better luck, but we've tried our hardest. That yesterday had none of the ingredients that we expect from anyone putting on the Leighton Orient football shirt. None. Barring, barring a couple, actually. Excuse myself. Barring a couple yeah. of players. It's unacceptable. He's Good right. point. Free falling is a great song. We could use that as an outro song by Tom Petty. Maybe that's one to, to queue up maybe next week if we lose more games. Orient meet Pius. Absolute <laughs> Ross. Not even doing the basics like keeping the ball. I bet Jacket is on a far heftier wage than his predecessors for serving this up every week. Nowhere near good enough. Now looking down, not up. Orient, yeah, Orient Day. So one of the worst defeats I've ever witnessed. A training match for Colchester. They didn't even have to work for it. Kenny has lost the dressing room. Just look at the body language of the players. A change is needed. Now, Dave last week tweeted saying, Kenny out. And then he messaged me and said, actually, I feel a bit hasty in saying that. Can you remove that out? So we removed that out of his last tweet from last week and just read the rest of it. But now he's saying it. Oh, right. Viewpoint yeah. hasn't changed. Yeah, Ryan Peanuts is rolling contract, rolling out the club. Smith's attitude was disgusting, straight down the tunnel. If that's what the youngsters are looking up to, then we've got no chance. Kay, Kenny's obsession with five at the back has killed our season. Those players are conference at best. John W. Triple Nine said On the positive side, Matt Young put in the best creative midfield performance of the season. On the downside, confidence of our strikers is completely shot. Don't know where the next win will come from at the moment. SR Barber, 1986. This is worrying. I really didn't think we would be in a relegation battle this season, but here we are. Lack of desire about some key players and talent. I was really excited when we got Kenny in, but I'm surprised by many of his decisions and how he struggles to motivate the players. Yeah, there you go. Orient Fan TV said pathetic performance. The only player to come out of that with any credibility is Khan. All the rest were poor. How long will the board let this go on for? Lesser managers have been sacked for this dross. We're bit for the dross we're being served up week by week. Time for a change of manager now, please. There's a few calls for, for Kenny to go. Dross seems to be the key word. Is there yeah. like some kind of word that's being spoken about? Peter Tech E, new Twitter handle for yeah. me. I don't recognise this one. It's psychological at the moment. Desire and it's sorry, it's dire and it's relegation form. Body language is terrible, really worrying. Most managers would be sacked. I'm not sure it's the right thing to do, but most would have gone by now. Yeah. Uh, teachery owes a new one for me that one as well we just seemed so short of ideas it was clear we needed some creativity in January but that wasn't achieved don't know who to point the finger at Ling for questionable recruitment or Jacket for the tactical inflexibility good points but not a lot of people Martin Ling hasn't really been spoken about not in in our podcast but in a lot of conversations on social media, I've seen a lot of people saying, Ling, question mark. Yeah, good point. I mean, obviously... But he's part of a committee. This is the problem. There's no one really directly responsible because you're... Divul- you're di- uh, what's the word? When you 
spread responsibility yeah. amongst a group of people. You're right, Martin's tasked with signing those players, but as Nigel explained, there's Matt Roper, uh, sorry, Matt Porter, who uh, chairs the uh, the the committee. Then you've got Nigel, you've got Kent on it, obviously Kenny, the scouts, the analysis people. Um, it's a lot of people. Joe Gallant. It's a lot, it's a lot of, people. of people there to to. It's a lot of people to shoulder responsibility. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Martin, yeah, Martin. You know, we'll, we talk about what we get, but Martin that hasn't come up in many, many tweets at the moment to no. us. Anyway, George Byzantine said, "Free fall is a heavy term to use, but it has that feeling now." I understand Mr. Travis wanted to publicly black Kenny the other day, but as the crowd numbers drop, the board will be forced to make a decision. Personally, if Kenny goes, I don't trust the board to appoint the right man. I've seen a few tweets saying that, not to us, but in terms of Ling, predominantly, and the board have made six appointments now, and out of those six, only one. Has been the correct appointment, mm. or one who you would say has been successful. Yeah. One out of six. If I was recruiting someone, and I only got one out of six success rate, I don't think my boss would be too happy with me. But it's the board that are appointing him, yeah. not Martin. That's the point. Martin does all the pre, like goes out, has coffees with the. He does the first round, and then he puts it to the board, and then yeah. the board have their interviewing strategy and questions and stuff they want to find out. So then they say, okay, well, we're happy with X. Then Martin speaks to the agent and signs that manager. This is the, this is the problem with doing things by committee. It, you need to have somebody responsible because then that somebody getting it wrong is then removed from that position. But you can't remove a whole board. <laughs> yeah. Andy underscore PO16 said, full disclosure that I wasn't there, but reading every comment, it is eerily similar to everything said by Pompey fans down here. Kenny Jacket sides always started the season okay, then usually disappeared once they were found out. So obviously Andy is down in Portsmouth, yeah. hence the PO16, yeah. and he is local and, and speaks to lots of Pompey fans. Interesting. Sunshine LFC is <clears throat> flat and lacking creativity. Forwards feeding off scraps and lacking confidence. No spark off in the middle of the pitch. In effect, season's now over. Carno, man of the match. Yeah, Gold931 said, absolutely abysmal performance. If the club don't want to give the manager decent players... It can't always be the manager. Ross, Joby, Cole, and now Kenny. It's always the manager. Start letting them have control or just accept being a fourth division club. Amazing. But yeah, decent. Good point. Amazing Bagman once. is poor and embarrassing. The players look like they wanted to give up at half-time. Smith going off for a strop sums it all up, really. Only positive was the few saves Vigory made to keep it at 1-0. Jacket ball looks prehistoric now. Has to be time to move on. Yeah, C Gibson underscore 89 said, honestly, I got more enjoyment out of watching Danny Webb manage the kids. At least they gave it a bloody good go. So disappointing to see the season fade to nothing. Also, Harry Smith, when he came off, unacceptable. I'm surprised Harry Smith hasn't come out and said something about like, sorry, motion's got the better of me. Blah, blah, blah. Didn't know what I was doing. No one's tweeted really, have they? No, I know. Very, very quiet within there. Very (laughs) quiet. Orient Chris, since beating Swindon, Seven league games, no wins, two goals. Even allowing for COVID disruption and injuries, that's a poor return. Feels like the season is petering out already and we're only in the first week of February. Yeah, that's how I thought at the moment. Yeah, LOFC1978 said, he took, said, I took my seven-year-old to her first game today. Moss sliced a weak effort wide after about 20 minutes and got a round of applause. Why are they clapping, she asked me. I had no idea how to answer and summed up the game for me. <laughs> that was a good tweet. Daniel underscore D44 said, I actually thought we didn't play too badly. Something is definitely wrong though at the moment. Bizarre how Jack is so reluctant to make a sub. The 11 to finish the match had six outfield players 
aged 21 or under. We needed experienced players in January. Yeah, Ed Jones, 1976, said, I can excuse inexperience being outplayed, even outthought tactically, but the fact that we can't string two passes together and when we do get the ball, just aimlessly smash it, beggar's belief, add to the fact the manager watches and doesn't think anything needs changing. Not sure myself. Good tweet. Good tweet. Chef Kemp won. said, well... What to say about today's game? It was lacklustre and uninspiring, but it's something that we all overcome. Fort Smith cut a frustrated figure throughout the game. Shout out though for Mitchell, Ogie and Young, who I thought were the few who impressed. Yeah, Dave M1812 said another poor performance. Has it shaken my faith in Kenny? Yes. Do I think he should go? No. Where would it stop? We have to back Kenny and keep our fingers crossed. Yeah, I, I think I agree I think with you, Dave. Agree, yeah. Yeah. Supertech3226. Lots of new Twitter handles coming on tonight. So poor Smith was disinterested from the start. Stropping off down the tunnel was disrespectful. Team looked like they had never met before. A few willing to take responsibility. It's a good point. Yeah, That's right. No, yeah. That's what I said earlier, wasn't it? Yeah. No one to step up and drag us. Calm was bright. Not good enough overall. Drinan at least had some chances, but should have made more of them. Moss looked like an accident waiting to happen. There are mitigating circumstances with postponements, injuries and transfers, but still not good enough. Yeah, absolutely. And we've mitigated that in our views that, yes, he's got his choice first, four first choice, three first choice players out for long. Like, that's that's really damaging. But, but then you've got players in and you're not playing them how they should it be best suits them. Yeah. You're trying to fit square pegs into your round holes because you want to play this formation because that's maybe all you know or how yeah. you want. But actually, the players, the personnel, their skill sets don't really suit that. Billy Herring 03, 03 sorry, said, uh, the fact that we are losing, we were losing 1-0 and Jacket still put everyone back for a corner tells you everything you need to know about his footballing philosophy. We, did, we, uh, we spotted that quite a few times. And I think there was one corner quite late on where Ruel came and stood at the near post and someone we shouted to him, get up the pitch. And he, and looked, he just and he, he said, I can't. Like, um, that's not Literally, what that's, not, yeah, yeah. that's not my job. Good point there, though, from Billy. Big ads, LOFC, Twitter, sponsor. Sorry, podcast sponsor. I'm a loyal fan. I will always be loyal, and I will support the team no matter what. But the ownership and management are never immune to criticism, and right now both parties deserve to be criticised. Hopefully, the team can turn this around. Yeah, Philip Riccello said, fiasco. Leighton Orient's lowest win percentage after 27 matches in the past 20, over the past 29 seasons. In 94-95, it was 22.2% with Sitton and Turner. Uh, number 2, 21-22 season, is 25.9% with Kenny Jackett. And th- uh, the third lowest, uh, I don't know how to read that, 2019-20 uh, season, Ross Embleton and Carl Fletcher had a combined 37% win average simply <clears throat> a red 72 so Jackie's saying we don't have the experience and learning on the job is garbage Ryan Riley on the bench with over 200 league one and two games under their belt and Wood who I assume is injured has played 100 games for Bradford so we don't think Wood is, we, no. as far as we know Connor Wood is fit available for selection just not getting into the squad at all something has gone horribly wrong now I think. yeah Les El- just a few more now guys bear with us Les LK52 <laughs> said barring Khan this comes down to a transfer window where we needed real quality to replace James Clay and Smythe but instead we got a bunch of kids asked to come straight in and do a job was never going to happen when you think they had over a month to get quality replacements, we get this. Well played, Les. Len Chin Chin once, a poor effort from the O's. Only players rate a mention would be Vigory, Moss, Drynan and Otis Khan for their performances level. Serious questions need to be asked about training and areas of weakness, including offside avoidance 
and the taking of corners in particular. Yeah, we don't seem to beat the first man often Apart enough. Apart from the second minute, yeah. <laughs> we all know how that ended. Kevin Cowlins had another poor display. Same problems with every match. Too negative, no width, pace or support for the forwards and I can't understand why we didn't bring in a box-to-box midfielder in the window and why, oh why, don't we leave a player up front when we defend set pieces? It's so frustrating. A few people have noticed that now, haven't they? Stuart, 1973, penultimate tweet in this huge episode says we need to have some perspective. Every club in the season hit a royal bat patch and players lose form, suspensions and have injuries. There's no doubt we're struggling and I personally think we are in transition. Judge Kenny at Christmas 2022 when he's had time. Yeah, final word goes to Dear Stu, who said, no fight, no passion, no nothing, utterly appalling, three wins in 18, any other manager, that's a potential sacking in the making. I'm fed up with it, and Harry Smith should be fine for his petulance. Sort it out, Travis and Teague. So let us know if you agree or disagree with any of the tweets that we've read out. There's an awful lot there. There is a hell of a lot. Let us know what you think. You can tweet us, we're at or in Outlook on Twitter. You can email us if you're not on social media. We're orientoutlook at outlook.com. We haven't had an email uh, in a little while. You can message us through Facebook Messenger. We're Orient Outlook Podcast. Do a search for us there. We're on Insta- We're on Instagram as well. We're Orient underscore Outlook underscore Podcast. Yeah, we certainly are. So Carol Langley's Flores prediction update. So well done to LFC underscore Ed and Guy one in Cog N one T zero and Leela. 19 all predicted the correct score they all got three points for yesterday so that means at the top of the prediction league now on 19 points leading the way is Leighton Ori on 18 points we have Nino underscore Barone and 16 points in third place we have Parksy 1881 and thanks to everyone for all their predictions over the last week yeah after the match the club put out a statement regarding an alleged racist incident at the game as saying the Colchester bench notified the fourth official to make him aware of an alleged racist remark that they had heard directed towards a Colchester player who was on their bench and that the club will make no further comment at this stage. Yeah, let's move on into Sunday, 6th of February, and the O's ladies were due to be in action against Alexandra Park women, but the game was postponed due to a waterlogged pitch. And as we've been recording this, there's been a follow-up statement from the O's in relation to the alleged racial comment um, from the club. Yeah, the club has today received confirmation that the alleged racism incident at our home game versus Colchester United on Saturday the 5th of February has resulted in no charge being made by the Metropolitan Police against the accused spectator. The club will continue to assist the Met Police in their ongoing investigation and we've written to the spectator advising that there will be no suspension of their season card and we've informed Colchester United of this outcome and we'll make no further comment wow. at this stage. Okay, so that seems to be a good place in to wrap up this bad boy. One hour, 42 minutes, fantasy football updates. So Jack Merritt, top of the On Outlook podcast, Fantasy Football League, 1,536 points. Head of James Durkin in second place, who's got 1,497 points. I've dropped one place to 178 out of 315 players and let the battle Commence. Absolutely. So, positives and negatives of the week. There's, we are, obviously, we struggled massively for positives this week, but we do try to stay on the positive side of things. Uh, so, we've just got the two this week. The performance against Bradford, while it wasn't perfect, it was still much more improved compared to what we'd recently seen. And Darren Prattley, I thought we had a good. We think he had a good game on uh, Tuesday. He got a goal to show for his efforts. A really well taken goal. Um, so just the two for us this week yeah negatives I mean there could have been like literally 40 negatives. I literally reeled off 20 <laughs> before, before we started, we started recording, recording. Yeah. yeah we've only got three uh, so first of all 
the Colchester United performance as a whole, rubbish performance, lost the game, and now they've had a terrible season. They're only three points behind us, which I can't believe. Stunning, isn't it? I can't believe. The second one is quite a big one, I think. It's about fans turning toxic. So fans turning toxic in the ground, on social media. Well, it was almost... It was almost a scuff, literally like the road behind us in the south stand. We've heard the people, you know, turning on each other, calling people names. You've got Danny Macklin telling fans not to like insult him on, on Twitter, all sorts. Now abusing him. Everyone just abusing everyone. phoning him and abusing him. <laughs> it's great. What everyone, is going on? everyone just needs to calm down. Like yeah. I always say, just keep calm if you need to. Take time out from Orient, take time out from social media. Just put on your own outlet podcast or any podcast. No, don't even no. Just maybe not even that because it's, it's just you could even put on just, a fantastical podcast if you want. Yeah, yeah. your music. <laughs> go to, go to a music podcast and you can listen to my lovely tones about listening to me talk about a football defeat. Eighty one shows him right. Eighty one shows him. Thank you very much, Mister Levy. Eighty one shows him. Congratulations. Thank you, my it's friend. Really, no, it's really Thank good, you, my friend. It's really good. You've had some great guests on as well. So yeah, like actual professional musicians in bands and stuff that people will know and have heard of. So yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely just take right. yourself out. Listen to a record. Go and read a book. Go for a walk in the park. If it's getting on top of you, just come out of it. Yeah, not the end so, of the world. And let's. Sorry, the last negative. Sorry, go on. We're fifteenth in League Two in February. It's not what we expected. Yeah. Although you can never, you know, guarantee what football is going to bring. I thought we all thought would be a bit better than the fifteenth. Much in February. better. So negatives, like Paul said, could have been so many more. But let's only have three, otherwise it will get us too too down. And this will be another hour. So, <laughs> Carol Langley Florist, hero of the week. So we obviously seriously struggled for this as well. But there were two. There were two pieces of good news that we read out earlier, and that is uh, we're gonna. It's a double award for two youngsters who have just signed their first pro contracts. So congratulations to Zech Obiero and Sunny Fish. Yeah, well, well done, done. To you boys. Well done, Jed. Shout out for Matt. Very well deserved. Shout out for Matt Young though, who had a good game yesterday. Yeah. Young kid, and well done Dan Prattley for his performance against Bradford. But those boys yeah. take it. So another week then, two fixtures. It's another Tuesday, Saturday. Big big week for the O's. And Kenny Jackett this week. First up, travel to Exeter City on Tuesday, the 8th of February. Exeter, 7th in League 2. They beat Swindon 2 and away on Saturday. And as luck would have it, last five matches, won three and drawn two. They're in pretty good form at the moment. It's going to be a very tough one. And on Saturday, 12th of February, we host Salford City, their 10th in League 2. Didn't play this weekend as their match was called off quite late in the day due to an all pitch, I think, if I remember rightly. Mm. Their last five, they've played five, obviously, one three, lost two. There are two difficult games. If we really? lose, if we lose the next two, I people are wanting jacket out now. Imagine this time next week if we're sitting here talking about two defeats. It start getting interesting because I don't think they should get rid of him yet. But I think, but I don't think they're winnable games. So that's kind of got that bit of a that's reprieve. A tough week is what it's been. It's got a in the last couple of weeks. I, I don't them. know. Like, if we don't win them, but we try and we still lose, I, I, I can't sit here and honestly say I'm going to be that annoyed about it because I don't expect us to win them. Because exit, like we've just we, read we, out we, two we, teams that have that have won <laughs> three of their last five games. Historically, we haven't travelled well to Exeter in a long Correct. time. We've taken some spankings. We've done Exeter away yeah. in, back in the day. Like and we never did well. Yeah, yeah. we I mean, don't do well at Exeter. No. Yeah. So, sponsorship reminder, don't forget, for the best plastering and rendering prices around, visit AJF Plastering on Facebook or at Big Ads, LOFC on Twitter, for all of your plastering 
and rendering needs. Yeah, that is it. it. Thank you for joining us for a very emotional and a long for episode 273. I mean, it's been a hatchet of podcast now since football has returned for the O's. It's been a struggle to find many positives, so we appreciate everyone who's been listening to them. Results on the pitch have gone from bad to worse on the weekend with a loss to our Essex rivals at home. And like we said, games don't come any easier. Two games coming up this week against solid sides. We're pushing for playoffs and promotion out of League 2. We can't offer any guarantees as to what we'll be talking about next week, but we hope to see a turnaround on the pitch in the next week. And as always, we'll be here to talk you through the week that was. Yeah, so if you're listening on iTunes, please subscribe, give our podcast a five-star rating. We'd really appreciate it. Review on whatever platform you get your podcast from. If you're on SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, add us to your favourites or any podcast app, whatever you're using, uh, add us to your favourites and that way you'll get all the podcasts as soon as we upload them. We're also on Smart Speakers and the Fan Engagement app, Fan Hub, which is also an easy way to listen to us. So if you've got an older relative, a loved one, an Orient charm, someone who's got a passing interest in Orient, grab their phone, download this podcast, help pass on the pod. So we're going to be back next week, all being well, with episode 274, uh, with all the information and views that you could ever need. And we look forward to hearing from you. And as always, keep calm, stay safe, have a great week. Listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Up the O's.